Can anybody relate to that this week? Man, I'm telling you, that mint is awesome when you're fasting. Um, I'm doing the uh, all Bojangles fast. Uh, I'm not doing anything outside the menu of Bojangles. That's the one I'm doing. Anybody on that one with me? <laughs> okay, we're fasting here at Whitley Church, and uh, we're on a 21-day fast, and different people are doing it different ways. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about fasting, talk about the how of fasting today. This is a series within a series. We're doing a, a sermon series called Supernatural. And the first sermon in this series was, was called Pathway to Power. And um, that was a three-part series. And now we are in part two of a series entitled Should I Fast? And the reason we're talking about fasting under the heading of supernatural is because Jesus said there are some supernatural things that will not happen in your life unless you not only pray, but also combine that with fasting. And we'll look at that in just a moment. Before we do, I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping. i got to tell you something. We don't usually do this on Sunday morning, but we've got some exciting things happening at our church, and I wanted to just share a few of them with you. We have signed the lease agreement on the new bridge location, so that is signed. Let's thank the Lord for that. Thank uh, Jim Gilligan, our executive administrator, and uh, also our deacon board for the hard work they have put in. Uh, Ricky Lancaster helping us uh, to um, note every part of that lease and make sure that it's uh, the way we believe God wants it to be. And so that has been signed. We've got a few more little requirements we've got to satisfy uh, for the city code. But possibly next week at the end of the week or, or the next week, we will be in the new location uh, tearing out walls and pulling up terrible carpet and just getting it ready for the guys who come in who really know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, James Hatfield. James, will you stand up and wave at everybody? Jim, will you stand with him and, and you guys just wave right there? James and Jen are our peer group um, leaders. You can give them a hand. That's fine. Give them a big hand. Um, uh, I love the early service clapping. It's like, yeah, I'm sort of with you. I'm, I'm awake kind of. Um, but um, James uh, has put together a list, he's putting together a list of guys uh, and gals who have specific skills. Now, my skill is just in the tearing out part. And uh, so if that's all you know how to do, just tell James that and he'll put your name down and then he'll put my name right beside it. And everybody who's like me who just knows how to tear up stuff, they'll have my name right beside their name. And he'll, it'll be like, you know, they're like Pharaoh. They don't know how to do anything. And, uh, but anybody can tear stuff up. Amen? So uh, we got to get in there and tear the stuff out. And then, the, and then the smart guys will come in. So if you have skills and abilities that you would like to volunteer, uh, we're going to be setting a schedule once we get in there. The more work we can do ourselves, the more uh, money we're going to save. And I uh, just want to thank the church board and, and uh, thank uh, everybody who just got in behind what we're doing at the bridge. Last night we had two great services. By the way, for those of you who may not know, we have two services on Saturday night in Goldsboro. 
Right now, the bridge is located at the Cloth Barn or Barnyard Shopping Center on Ash Street and uh, kind of on the corner of Spence and Ash, uh, a little bit down the road there. So if you, uh, if you have something you need to do on a Sunday and you don't want to miss the service, we do the same sermon series there we're doing here. The music is the same. The venue is much smaller, but uh, you're welcome to come out on a Saturday night. Both services last night were we're pretty full, and uh, we just thank God for what he's doing at the bridge. So we want to let you guys know about that. Also, um, Pastor Jimmy has uh, developed a conference for women called the Hope Conference, and he's going to be doing that in the city of Tarboro because we believe that one of the things God has called our church to do is to minister off this property and to minister to others that in a way that it doesn't have a direct impact on us. In other words, this first conference is going to be in a city uh, that um, the people who, who live in that city will never attend church here at Whitley. Uh, we just want to bless the kingdom. So Pastor Jimmy has developed the Hope Conference for Women. That's the poster. As you were coming in the two rear entrances, you may have seen that poster there. Some of our women here at Whitley will be speaking at the conference. There will be a lot of organizations coming in, setting up information booths for women. And Pastor Jimmy is looking for volunteers. So uh, there is a table set up in the overflow seating area back there somewhere for you to sign up, ladies, if you'd like to volunteer for the Hope Conference. It is February 6th and 7th in the city of Tarboro. Also inside your worship program today, we're starting a new ministry called Helping Hands. And uh, Helping Hands, uh, on one side of the insert it says, um, I, I uh, have a need. And on the other side it says, I want to meet a need. So we're putting together teams of people who will help those who in a lot of cases can't help themselves. Let's say, and there's some illustrations on here, that someone needs a wheelchair ramp. We want a team of people who have the ability to go over and build that ramp and uh, maybe somebody um, needs something, an elderly person needs something as, uh, as simple as changing out a light bulb, but they don't need to be up on a ladder and they don't need to be doing that kind of thing and they can call the church and we'll call one of our helping hands guys and he'll run by after work or whatever and do some little chores for them. So take note of this. It's very, very important. Now, if you know of someone who has a need then put your name on here, not their name, but put your name, your email, your phone number so we can call you and get the story on that, okay? So that's what this is, and uh, you can fill this out today and turn it in, and we'll put these in the worship program from time to time so you can volunteer to serve, or you can let us know about someone who needs to be served, okay? Um, this is our, our Whitley Church Hello pages. I know we have a lot of new people who are coming to the church now. And this is simply a list of the names, phone numbers, and addresses of people who attend our church. You don't have to be a member. If this is your church, then we would love to have you on this list. These are really nice by the phone for sending cards and things of that nature. And so make sure you are on the Hello pages. Also, this is our mailing list. So make sure that your name is on here. There are some little forms to fill out at the information desk to get you on there. Okay? All right. Very, very important stuff. Um, we, I have written a position paper um, on uh, 
some gifts of the Holy Spirit that function and operate in our body. Some of you have been asking about speaking in tongues and kind of where we are on that. And so I've written a two-page position paper, and they are at the information desk. And you're welcome to pick up one of those on your way out. Also, don't forget, and now we'll move into the message part of our uh, uh, service today, but uh, we have linked with about 300 other churches who are doing this fast. So we are one of about 300 churches doing this, and the website is awake21.org, and I think you have that in your worship program. It's also, I think, on the bottom of the sermon notes. I think I left that on there, but Go to that website and check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, there, there is tremendous information there. Tremendous information. Um, you know, fasting may be a new thing to you. You may have never heard a, a minister talk about it. You may have been a part of a church that just never mentioned it. And so we're going to talk about that because it is a very important part of your life. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back and review a couple of things I talked about last week. And I think if you weren't here and you didn't hear last week's message, you're going to be surprised at where Jesus put fasting on the to-do list. Okay? So we're going to talk about that. Now what I'm holding in my hand is the calendar. We began our fast on the 11th, which was last Sunday. We started our fast right there. And... Um, it's got ideas about fasting. It's got scripture references for devotional times during the fast. And then you'll notice the last three days right here, the last three days, we're asking everyone to kick it up a notch on those last three days and really let's get serious about fasting during those three days. And I know you're serious about it now, but what I'm saying is let's get concentrated right there, focused, and on the 29th, the 29th, everybody say the 29th, 29th of January, that's awesome, uh, the 29th of January, we are having a floating prayer meeting, and that means you just kind of float in and pray and float out, and it's going to... And y'all want to be here just to see people float. I mean, that's going to be awesome all by itself right there. So, so come to the prayer meeting. It will be from 6 to 9 right here in this sanctuary on January 29th. That's how we kind of want to bring our fast to a close. And we want to, we want to uh, bring it to a close kind of together as a body in the altar seeking the Lord. And so come out on the 29th. And we're also going to do it at the bridge. So if you're in the Goldsboro area and you don't want to drive all the way out here, you can just go to the bridge at the Barnyard Shopping Center. And how do we know where the Barnyard Shopping Center is? There are little chickens out in the parking lot eating corn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, it's real, it's real easy to find right there on Ash Street. And uh, there's a visitor right now looking at her husband going, this church is weird. I'm telling you, it's a weird church. Uh, but um, Come to one of those locations on January 29th and pray. If you can only give five minutes, that's better than nothing. Come on out and pray for five minutes. What we hope you'll do is maybe come and give about a half an hour to prayer, and we'll have some prayer guides for you so you'll have right in front of you some things we're focusing on. Bring your prayer guide that you've developed for your fast and pray over the things that you've been praying about through your fast. And 30 minutes, man, will be nothing 
uh, uh, in prayer, okay? All righty. Uh, let's get into this this morning. Uh, you have the notes in your worship program, so I would encourage you to kind of pull those out. You can jot some things down. But I will tell you that what I'm going to use today in talking about the how of fasting is I'm going to use the notes. I had notes and I had information that I was going to share with you today, but i got to tell you, when I got on Awake21.org, man, the information there, I just want to draw your attention to that. Such good, good stuff. If you are serious about your Christian life, if you are a person who says, I do not want to just get by, but I want, to, I want to be the best Christian I can be. I want to be strong. I want to be fully devoted. I want to be fully committed. I want to be all that I can be in my walk with Christ. Then, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm going to talk about today is very important. And it's very simple, but it's very important. And if you will get hold of this teaching and get hold of this good information, and I can't even give it all to you because that website is so packed with some of the most practical information for Christian development and Christian growth that I've ever seen on a website. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And so get on awake21.org and go through that website and learn everything you can. There are teaching videos on there. You might say, well, I just don't like reading a whole lot. Good. Plug in the earpiece in your computer, put it in your ears, and listen to the video teaching on there. Just really, really good stuff, okay? So the title of our message is, Should I Fast? Because I got to tell you, if I was sitting out there in the congregation and and uh, I was, uh, you know, just just learning about fasting or just hearing about fasting or, or maybe I've heard about it for a long time but nobody ever really talked about it very much or taught anything about it. So I've never really done it that much and I'm sitting out there in the audience. I think that would be my major question. Is that for me? Was Jesus talking to me? When Jesus said that we should fast, was he, was he saying that to me? Who was he talking to? Let's look in Matthew 17 as a... Um, as a start-off place, uh, Matthew 17, 18 through 20, this is the Phillips translation, an excellent translation of the Bible I would recommend. And let's look at what happened. Uh, well, let me just set the stage here. The disciples came upon a boy who was demon-possessed, and uh, they took him to the nursery. No, I'm just kidding. They, um, they came upon a boy that was demon-possessed, and they... Um, and they, they recognized it right off and they discerned. It was very easy to discern that this young man was possessed by a spirit, an evil spirit, demonic spirit. And so they prayed for him and they did whatever they did and, and he was not cured. He was not set free. He was not delivered. And Jesus comes along and uh, they ask him, Lord, why couldn't we do it? Jesus said, because of your faith, you didn't have enough faith. And he said, and because some things come by prayer and fasting. Some things come just by prayer and fasting. He, he really spoke directly about that particular demonic spirit, and he said this kind of demonic spirit only comes out by prayer and fasting. So let's follow that thought as we go through this passage. Then Jesus reprimanded the evil spirit, and it went out of the boy who was cured from that moment. Afterwards, the disciples approached Jesus privately and asked, why weren't we able to get rid of it? Because you have so little faith, replied Jesus. I assure you, 
that if you have as much faith as a grain of mustard seed, which is about the size of a, of a grain of sand, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, he says, if you have as much faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this hill up you get and move over there and it will move. And you will also discover that with the right faith, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. That goes along with the song we were singing this morning. Now, let me just say this very quickly, and I don't want to go very far down this road, but I do want to say this. There are some things, ladies and gentlemen, being said by some very famous people about faith, and um, it just isn't true. And that is this teaching that if you have enough faith, you're never going to struggle. If you have enough faith, you're never going to be sick. If you have enough faith, you're never going to have financial difficulties. If you have enough faith, you know, you're going to live on a plane where you're kind of isolated in a bubble and everybody else has problems. But because you've got so much faith, you don't have any problems. Ladies and gentlemen, all that sounds great. Just one thing wrong with it. It ain't true. Now, I love these guys and I believe they're Christians. I believe they're Christians, and I believe when, when we all die or the Lord comes, we'll all go to heaven together, but they have just taken this thing on faith. Uh, they have just taken it where Jesus never meant for it to go, and so sometimes your faith gets you in trouble. Did you know that? Sometimes your faith doesn't get you out of trouble. It gets you in trouble. Y'all remember the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Tebed we go? Do y'all remember those guys? Shadrach, no, that's not right. Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. Is that it? No, that's not it either. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, were in the fiery furnace because of their faith. You say, but they got delivered. Sure they did. Jesus was in the fire with them. You remember what Nebuchadnezzar said? He said, I thought we threw three men in the fire. I see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. However, it is important for you to note they still went through the fire. Now, it's also important for you to note that right before they went into that fire, these men of tremendous faith said this, our God is able to deliver us. But then what did they say? But if not, exactly, but if he doesn't, well, I know some churches that are into that big faith movement that if you say, but if he doesn't, they would go, oh, no, 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 you can't say that. You can't say that. And so they said, but if he doesn't, we'll go to heaven. If he does deliver us, we'll be three of the fieriest preachers you've ever seen in your life. My wife's a hairdresser, I'm sure you can tell. And, um, and uh, she uh, had a lady come and sit down in her chair one time. And that lady had cut this big old hole out of her tennis shoe and her toe was hanging out and had a big old piece of gauze around her toe. And my wife said, what happened to your toe? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't receive it. I don't accept it. I don't believe it. And my wife was like, what? <laughs> um, and she, was talking, she said, I just, I don't even acknowledge it. Uh, it's kind of like you want to go, well, why have you got the hole in your tennis shoe? That's pretty much acknowledgement right there. And then Millie, you know, Millie is a very carnal person. And Millie... Um, <laughs> told me that it just kind of crossed her mind to go, let me thump that toe, just thump it, and see if it comes back to your memory. I never think stuff like that, but Millie's all the time thinking stuff like that. So, so when Jesus said faith and nothing's impossible, um, 
understand, guys, what that doesn't mean as well as what that does mean. He said in, in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. And then whatever you need will be added unto you. Now, when you study that, you'll discover that Jesus was saying, when you get in full intimacy with me, when you have me as top priority in your life, seek first me, then that is going to create an intimacy between me and you that the things you desire will become the things I desire. Y'all with me? And so whatever you want... It'll also be what I want, and you will have those prayers answered. But this thing of making God like a genie in a lamp, and, you know, if we can just get our faith level up, we rub the lamp, Jesus pops out and grants all our wishes, um, that is not his system. So let's get back to the fasting. So he says, you'll find that nothing is impossible. And then the last part of that verse says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer, what? And fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, my, as I read that and as I read commentators and, and teachers that I have tremendous confidence in, it appears that what Jesus is saying there is that as a believer, you're going to run into some stuff that you need to you need to be consistently practicing fasting in your life so that when you run into that situation, you will be ready to deal with that situation because some things are going to require you to be a person of prayer, but they're also going to require you to be a person who fasts on a consistent basis. Are you all with me on that? So that means it's very, very, very important that we uh, make fasting a part of our life. God does not measure our prayers by eloquence or length or how sweet they are or argumentative. He doesn't measure our prayers by whether we're kneeling or lying down on our face or standing up or walking. Jesus Jesus, God, um, he measures the success of our prayers by a couple of things. Our fervency, our fervency, and that word doesn't mean loud and fast. Have you ever run into somebody who thinks that's what fervency means? Because I'm going to pray fervently. Dear God, I come before. That's not fervency. That's kind of, okay? So, so fervency is an attitude of the heart, Fervency means you are sober. Fervency means you are focused, you are serious, you are you mean business. Okay? And and that's a good word study to do right there. Get a get a Thayer's and a Vines and, and pull that in and just do a word study on fervency, and you'll, you'll love what you find there. There's a whole sermon right there on that word. But the fervency of our prayers, the soberness of them how intent and intense we are is very important and the, and the faith of our prayers that we do. I love that last song. Uh, that's brand new song, that last one. Did that touch your heart today? I trust you, Lord. I believe. Did you notice those words in that song? I believe you are my healer. I trust you. I trust you. That's where it's at. Here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to abandon all other plans and he wants you to focus on him. Now, that doesn't mean you abandon doctors and you abandon medicine and you abandon uh, a good Christian counselor. I, that isn't what that means. But y there is no substitute for him. 
And he may work your healing or your deliverance through medicine and through doctors and whatever, but it's him. You understand that it's him and that he is uh, the center and the preeminent one in your life. So faith and fervency, I believe that the Bible clearly teaches that God's people should fast. Last week we looked at the who of fasting and found this in Mark 2 and 20. Look at this passage in Mark 2 and 20 or this verse. Jesus is talking here, so we're asking who's supposed to fast. Who is it? Well, we know it's us. I mean, we know, but isn't it a beautiful thing, even when you know something to be true, when you see it so clear in the Bible, and it just affirms what you already know in your heart? Does that make sense? When you find something in the Word, and it's just so clear, and you're able to say, you know, I know it's true, not just because of how I feel in my heart, but I know it's true because the Word says it. So let's look. Jesus said, but the days will come when the bridegroom, who's the bridegroom? Jesus will be taken away from them. And that, that is what, what Jesus was talking about there was after his death, his burial, and his resurrection, 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. So Jesus is not with us in the sense that he was with them in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, he's not here in a physical body. We can't see him walking around. Now, he's here this morning, but he's here through the Holy Spirit. He's not here in a physical body. So Jesus said, when I go back up to heaven, I will not be with you anymore in this way, then they will fast in those days. And they there is are his disciples. They are his followers. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what you are. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you are a believer, a follower, a learner of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. So after the ascension, Jesus said fasting kicks in. After the ascension, well, we are far past the ascension, so we know that as his followers, we are to be fasting. And then we discovered a beautiful passage in Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 through 18, where Jesus was teaching on the disciplines of the Christian life. And he said, when you give, give uh, secretly. Don't give in a way uh, that is showy. When you give, give secretly. Don't talk about it. And so uh, he assumes that if we are believers, we're going to tithe. We're going to give as, uh, as he has called us to. And it doesn't matter what the economy is, guys. It doesn't matter what Wall Street's saying and CNBC saying and Fox Business is saying. It doesn't matter. We're to be consistent in our tithe and in our giving to the Lord. And so Jesus said, when you give, the word when is not the word if. The word if would say, you know, if you do or if you don't, you know, I mean, you got a choice there. Jesus didn't say if, he said when. So that means Jesus presupposes. He presupposes that if you are a Christian, you will give. Then he says in a later verse, when you pray. So he presupposes that if you are a Christian, you're going to pray and you're going to give. He says, now, when you pray, don't pray to be heard of men. Don't pray to draw attention to yourself. Now, we have very open worship here at Whitley, and people come to the altar, and we're very open about that. But your worship should not be in a way that draws everybody's attention away from God to you. And so that's what that's talking about. He says, don't pray to be heard of men the way the, the um, uh, Pharisees did. He said, then he said, and this is the point I want to make, when you fast. 
How about that? Because i got to tell you something. As a church and me as a pastor, I do a lot of emphasis on giving and a lot of emphasis on prayer, but little emphasis on fasting. But it looks like here that Jesus puts them on the same level of importance. When you give and when you pray and when you fast. Jesus said, when you fast, don't go around like this guy on the video blog. <laughs> you know, that guy's hilarious, wasn't he? And um, I think I pastored him one time. Anyway, uh, but, but uh, don't, don't fa- when you fast, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't just fast. And, and let me say something to you spouses out there. Uh, now that we've done this fast, here's what I hope will happen. I hope that fasting will become a regular practice in your life. You ought not to fast just when the church calls a fast or the pastor calls a fast or Awake 21 gets together and makes this big fasting emphasis. What I hope comes out of this time of fasting is that you will understand that as an individual Christian, you can call your own fast for your own life. And when you do... You spouses out there and friends of people who are fasting, don't push them to tell you why they're not eating and, and go, are you sick? I mean, something wrong with you? Do we need to take you to the hospital? You know, it's kind of a figure. Somebody doesn't want to go to Bojangles and needs to go to the hospital. I mean, really. And so, so don't do that. If, you, if somebody goes, no, thank you, I don't care for that, just let it go. Just let it go. Just, you know, if you want to say something else, just say it's right here for you. You know, you're ready for it, here it is. But don't pressure people, okay? I mean, it's hard enough, isn't it? Don't make somebody look at you and go, I'm fasting. Don't make them do that, okay? Just ask them. They say, they say no, thank you. Just let it go, all right? Or either they don't like your cooking or whatever. You need to, you need to let that go too because then your feelings are going to be hurt. All right. So who fast? We do. We fast. Here, here's my question. If Jesus needed to fast, Luke 4... If Jesus needed to fast 40 days and 40 nights, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> we talk about going one meal, you know, and we're just freaking out. I just can't. We were like this guy, you know, eating the mints and looking at M&Ms, you know. Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights, and not only did he do that, but in the middle of that, who visited him? Lucifer himself, Satan. And, and Jesus, in the midst of his fast, said, it is, it is written. Every time Satan tempted him, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. So what does that tell you in battling temptation? You need what? Fasting and prayer and the word of God in your life. And the Bible says at the end of Jesus' fast, that when he walked out of the wilderness, he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's an awesome study, awesome study. That's Luke 4. So what we want to talk about today, and we're, I got like five minutes, is the how of fasting. And I'm going to give you seven steps real quick. I'm not going to, and I really am going to go through this very quickly because you got the notes, you got it on the website, but I want to draw your attention to it. Listen to me. Read this stuff. Read it. Now, if you don't do the internet, then we've got it printed out for you. I just held one up here. As a matter of fact, I'll give this one to somebody. If you want it, come up to me after service and you can have this one. Here's everything I'm going to talk about today, and it's right off that website. So go there and get that. And you say, is that how you get all your sermons? No, it isn't, but it's how I got this one. And I, and I want you to go and read that material. It is excellent material. So how to begin your fast, seven basic steps that will help you 
um, have a more meaningful fast and a more spiritually rewarding fast. Number one, set your objective. You need to get a, a yellow pad or you need to get in front of your computer screen, ever how you do it, and you need to write down the objectives of your fasting. What is it I want to see God do in my life? Why am I fasting? Why am I fasting? Am I fasting for spiritual renewal? Am I fasting for guidance or healing or resolution of problems? Am I fasting for special grace to handle a difficult situation I'm going through? Why am I fasting? Ask the Holy Spirit when you're fasting uh, and when you're preparing for your fast that during that time he will clarify his leading and his objectives because not only should you have objectives about your fast, but God has some objectives for you. He's got some things he wants you to fast about. Does that make sense? So you might be fasting for your child and for your finances and, and for several other things that are going on in your life. And then when you pray, God may put some other things in your heart that he wants you to fast about. Maybe you didn't think about a missionary, but you're praying saying, God, what else would you have me fast about? And God just puts a missionary on your heart. So you add that to your list and you fast for that missionary just as an example. Okay, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear them. I will hear them from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So very important and famous passage of Scripture. Read that and apply those principles. That, that verse breaks down beautifully. Uh, humbling yourself. Um, asking the Holy Spirit to stir your soul, asking your, the Holy Spirit to awaken our church, and asking the Holy Spirit to heal our land, God will come and do that. Step two, plan your commitment. Plan your commitment. Come before God. I love this prayer that's in here because a lot of times a new Christian really doesn't even know how to pray. They don't know what to say. Listen to this prayer. Father, your word has spoken to me that I should fast. Your Holy Spirit is leading me to fast. Pastor Farrell has, uh, did a, he has done a lesson on fasting, and I've learned from your word and, and from what he has said in the teaching that I'm supposed to be fasting. But, Lord, before I begin, I bring my fast before you in prayer. Guide me, Lord. Lead me in this fast. And I pray that you will show me your plan for my time of fasting. Ultimately, God, I'm fasting for you and your glory, and I dedicate this fast to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that a sweet prayer? And that's just, you just pray that. And if, you, if you're not a seasoned Christian, make that your prayer. That's okay. That's okay if you make that your prayer. You just pray it out of your heart. And before you fast, you need to answer questions like how long will I fast and what type of fast and what physical or social activities do I need to restrict and, and uh, how much time each day and making these commitments ahead of time. If I do it, it's going to sustain me and my fast will, 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 I won't have as many temptations to break the fast. And so that's why planning is very important. Number three, step number three, prepare yourself spiritually. Now I'll tell you what's going to happen when you fast. When you fast sincerely, when you fast sincerely, because i got to tell you something, guys. God isn't looking for a perfect fast. Uh, uh, don't let anybody pick on you about your fast. Your fast is between you and God. And don't let anybody look at you and go, uh, how are you fasting? Well, I'm doing this. Well, I'm doing this. Well, that's, that person's already kicked into pride and they got problems. So don't let anybody uh, be critical of your fast because it's none of anybody's business how you're fasting. As <clears throat> long as your Father in Heaven's okay with it, everything's cool. 
So you just, you just do that fast, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. When God looks down, you, and, and look, if you think, well, I don't know, I ate that, and, and maybe I shouldn't have ate that. or what? See, you're getting legalistic then. It's an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of the heart. Let God see your heart. And if your heart is right, even if the way you fasted, you might improve on it later and do it better later. Right now, he isn't looking at whether you ate one more butter bean than you should have. He's not looking at that. That's, that's pharisaical. That's, that's, uh, that's um, again, that's legalistic. Don't get into that. Don't get into that. Just fast before, because here's what's going to happen. When you fast, listen, listen, listen. When you fast, you're gonna, he's going to get closer. When you fast and, you, and you're doing it with the right heart, he's going to come in on you. He's going to come in near. And I'm not trying to scare you there. No, let me scare you. He's a perfect gentleman, and you'll love him coming in near. But part of him coming in near is Jesus said, I am the what of the world. I am the... And when that light comes in, woo! You ever gotten... Ladies, you ever done your makeup in front of a mirror and the lighting wasn't good? And then when you got where the lighting was good, and you're like, woo! When you saw it, you know, <clears throat> and sometimes I'll think my hair's all in place, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll come in front of a mirror that's got good light, and there's just hair sticking out everywhere like alfalfa, you know, that's little rascals, y'all don't remember them, but um, so, so here's what, here's what will happen. You will go through, when you begin your fast, you'll go through some repentance because you will not be as holy as you thought you were. I'm telling you, when you start fasting, he shines the light. And, and all that's for love. That didn't, that didn't make you feel bad. That's so you can get stuff cleaned up in your life and he can do more mir- miraculous, supernatural, incredible, powerful things in your life. So that's all that's about. So, so I'm telling you, and I can't, I don't have time, but there are some things you can do to get your heart uh, ready. And I'm going to just give these real quickly. Uh, remember that God loves you. He's for you. Confess every sin. Seek forgiveness from all whom you've offended and even go back and make restitution. I've had to do that. Um, and, and sometimes it won't be enough for you to just say, God, please forgive me. God will have you go back to somebody and say, listen, I wronged you. I wronged you. I did you wrong. And I tell you, it's one of the most uncomfortable things you'll ever do in your life, but it's one of the most cleansing things you will ever do in your life. And uh, God, uh, you ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit according to his command and his promise. Surrender your life to Jesus as your master and Lord and refuse to obey your, uh, your worldly nature. Refuse to obey your flesh. That's what you're doing in a fast. You're saying no to your flesh and yes to God. Meditate on the attributes of God. His love, sovereignty, power, wisdom, faithfulness, grace, compassion. And there are scripture references here you can look up. Begin your time of fasting with an expectant heart that God's going to do something. Do not underestimate spiritual opposition. Satan's going to come against you. Step number four. Step number four, prepare yourself physically. Some of you have some things going on physically. You need to consult your physician. You need to really be careful. People like, for instance, uh, if you're diabetic, you need to be very careful about your fast, but there's still some ways you can fast. Uh, Step number five, prepare yourself on a schedule. And I got to tell you guys, that really, really helps. If you lay your day out that you're going to fast and you go, at this time I'm going to do this, and at this time I'm going to do this, and you schedule your prayer times and you schedule Everything throughout that day, I'm telling you, it will help you sustain your fast. And it will help you not give in to temptation, okay? Uh, Number six, end your fast gradually. End it gradually. Don't end it abruptly. You know, don't don't park your car aimed toward Bojangles looking at your clock. 
you know, and go nine, four, three, two, one. I'm going to Bojangles. You know, don't end it like that, man. Mess you up. Mess you up. You'd be strung out on chicken strips again. So, number seven. This is one that's very important. Will you stand to your feet? And let me give you this last one. Expect God to do something. Y'all listening? Expect God to do something. Hey, listen, we go to a church where we believe God loves us and God moves and God does stuff in our life. Get over this thing of, well, I just do it for the glory of God and I don't want any rewards. Well, I tell you what, you do your stuff for the glory of God and I will too, but any rewards you don't want, tell God I'll take them. Expect him to do it. Believe him to do it. If you're with a member of your family, would you just take their hand right now? And maybe you're uh, close to a friend. If you're comfortable with that, just reach over and take their hand, the hand of your friend. If you're, if you're not comfortable with that, don't worry about it. Father, in the name of Jesus, guide us in this fast. Lead us, O oh Lord, in this fast. Oh, God, I believe if we could just get a hold of what it's going to do for us, we would give our whole heart to it. I can't communicate it, God, but you can by your Holy Spirit the importance of what we're doing in these 21 days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen to me. I'm going to dismiss you. Guests and visitors, don't forget to get your bags back there. But listen, we're going to pray. If there is anybody who wants prayer this morning, we're going to hang around up here at the front. I want some of my prayer team to come. We're going to hang around at the front. If you need special prayer this morning, you come up right now. We'll pray for you. God bless you, and thank you for being here today.